Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good, good morning. Yeah, it's fucking glorious, isn't it? Another, <laughs> another, uh, another beautiful blip on the long and illustrious history of our club. It's just them, isn't it? It's always them. There's something about it. Like I, I don't know if you saw um, and AP, friend of the show. He he posted a little thread in the week, basically. You know, because all, all the news is about how Chelsea have got you know, issues with Lukaku, they've got COVID things going on, they've got players going to the African Cup of Nations, but it was still like, AP, he was just posting this thread that was basically saying to the, to the effect of, you know, when Chelsea have Tottenham coming up, they all come to life again. It was like this little gif of a guy <laughs> sitting <laughs> bolt upright out of a coffin at his wake kind of thing, you know. And yeah. it just is spot on, isn't it? It is, yeah. I must admit, I fell into, very much fell into the trap of believing that all of that, you know... Um, although I did, I, the only thing that surprised me was um, a how bad Lukaku was, and b that he didn't score against us because I just thought that was a given, seeing as everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, because he had that like I think literally about thirty seconds into the into the game, yeah. he had that surging run, and I thought, oh right, here, here we, we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like you say, for most games, he's pretty awful, isn't he? Fucking tell, yeah. I mean, I was sort of saying on on my you know WhatsApp group during the game, is he sort of Timo Werner in disguise? And then they bought Timo Werner on, and he's even fucking worse. <laughs> <laughs> no. it, it, it did it did seem like a bit of a competition between Kane and Lukaku though to see who could be the most ineffective frontman last night, didn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a bit harsh on Kane. I mean, he, he didn't get any service, but still, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah yeah. What can you fucking say? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, what can we say? I mean, uh, so because I'm sort of torn at the moment, um, in so much as we've seen some fantastic perform, maybe not fantastic performances, but I'd say some very professional performances from Conte since he's come in. Um, in so much as yeah, it hasn't been pretty, but we've kind of grinded out the results Watford a key example of this Southampton which we basically did win really um, yeah. I mean yeah. yeah I know we didn't get the three points but w- what I'm talking about is the kind of the balance of play the opportunities created well and we you know we did score two perfectly good goals that were disallowed for no reason so you know yeah. exactly you know we've, yeah. we've kind of we've two teams that have set up to kind of to null well actually to be fair Southampton went for us in the in the first half so that's probably not as fair but Watford at least set up to just basically nullify everything we did and we still managed to grind out those results akin to kind of what we saw at times under Pochettino mm. um, albeit a couple of years into his reign and this has come very quickly under Conte I feel but I think 
there's a lot to take into consideration in so much as Chelsea's second string is as good as, if not better than our first string. Our first 11, yeah. And they're European champions. They're playing at home. We can't go into these games expecting to win. But at the same time, it's just, it's kind of the manner of it. We, it to me, it felt like we just, we shrunk again. You know, it, mm. it felt like the age-old Tottenham of, shit, semi-final of a cup against a big team. What do we do here? You know, and just kind of disappearing into, it, it was just very flat. The whole performance, it, 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 it didn't really feel like there was any, any energy there, any kind of, any of the, I guess the, the sort of the, the patterns and the kind of partnerships that we'd started to see develop and just the confidence that we started to see develop over the past few weeks, it just seemed to disappear completely. And I, I don't think you can pin that entirely on the fact that we're playing a superior team in Chelsea. No, um, I mean, I think, you know, you've hit the nail on the head, really, because across across the field, we completely failed to match up to their... Um, I want to sort of avoid using, you know, these, these um, keywords like desire or passion or, you know, application even. Um, but there wasn't an... There, there wasn't an example of an individual battle that was won, was there? I mean, they came close to us from the very start and pinched in. Uh, um, I can't remember who it was in the after-match interview said that that's how they'd they'd set out to just deny us any time on the ball, and and nobody really stood up to it at all. They were all just rolled over. Everybody was bodied, you know, to use a bit of a cliche. Um, and and yeah, whether that's a, me- I mean, it must be a mental thing because it's not as if they're giants and we're a team of pygmies. No, you know, it, it, I don't know, mate. I mean, it felt a lot of it felt that like it was it was lost in the middle. You know, I, I didn't feel yeah. that we and it's this seems to be the age of problem. Whether it's creating chances or just getting a firm grip on a game. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've moaned about Hoybier and. I was sort of whining about him last night because I just I thought frankly it was one, it was one of the worst performances I've seen him put in in yeah. quite some time, but but then you know I he's a young lad and he's learning but I don't think you can let Skip off entirely he was out of position a lot of the time um, yeah I mean they did sort of that that's what they did the did the best of I mean it was it was apparent right the way through the game and especially. Um, in in terms of when you can see that you know changes were tried, obviously Conte tried to move things around, and then especially in the second half, he we changed our shape a little bit and tried to do things a little bit differently, and they were just equal to it in every you know every opportunity. But the you know the the, the key story of the game is that 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 centre third of the pitch just belonged to them, um, and and I think it was a problem that was that was uh, exacerbated by us not having Eric Dyer at the back because there was nobody in the defensive line that was able to make a creative pass you know through the midfield to the front three um to try and sort of counter the fact that we weren't getting any service on the ground through the middle of the pitch you know so they just sort of choked us at, at, at every creative opportunity didn't they yeah and i mean you you've Hit the nail on the head there with Dyer because I think for for whatever anybody wants to say about you know if we want to be a league winning team he's not of the quality whatever I'm I'm not I'm not interested in that in the here and now 
he has been this season one of our best players and I would say he's he's pretty fundamental to to our team now. He's he's one of the yeah. You know, it's it's not only from his his kind of you know his technical application, like you're saying there, like his his range of passing that we had. I just think he's that presence now. He's marshalling that defence, yeah. And I think he probably gives the midfield a bit more confidence as well in the feeling that they can push forward a bit and have a bit more freedom to kind of. To, to win those battles in midfield where they can, as opposed to having to constantly track back because they're worried about what's going to happen behind. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And the other, yeah, the other thing about that as well is, is is you know, let's not forget that he spent probably a 12, 18 months playing, in, uh, you know, a midfield role for Pochettino. I mean, he famously didn't like doing it, but it will have given him an understanding of how that, you know that area of the pitch develops into chances for for both opposition and breakout play so he is you know performing particularly well as a central defender but he's also looking at the game with that in his mind thinking you know well I was where Oliver Skip was or where Hoiberg was a couple of years ago and and if there isn't somebody moving into this area that's where the problem's going to come I think you know that's probably helping his game quite a lot and we don't have anybody else that's got that experience in the back you know no uh, I would say uh, to, for to his credit it was an uh, I thought it was a fairly decent performance from Dav again who has been quietly kind of improving um, I mean there's, I think people might always have question marks over how much they can trust him long term but again I think he's made a good case for his for his inclusion in the team Um I mean, I'd, I'd definitely still rather see him playing than somebody like Roden. Um, Tanganga, though, again, it was it was a bit of a nightmare for the lads. Wasn't it, it, last it, night? He's had a shocker, hasn't he? Last night, yeah. Um, and, and it's a shame because you know we will remember forever the the the, the pivotal moments where he's you know his mix-ups, his lack of concentration his inexperience or whatever it is has led directly to both of their goals um but aside from that he you know he, he did sort of grow into the game a little bit i thought he was a bit like a rabbit in the headlights for the first 20 minutes as were the rest of them um but you know in patches he 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 became a little bit more assured and then every time you thought right well maybe he's got his head round what's in front of him now he went and did something fucking stupid again um, it's and, a real and that's shame. the story of him isn't it yeah. really it's a real shame because you know not, you know, not only obviously he's an, he's an academy product he's a Tottenham boy like I think there's a certain well, I'd imagine there's a massive level of affinity with, with you know to the club from him and Everything like that, and I really want to see him succeed. You know, I, I still remember him coming on against Liverpool in his debut and absolutely pocketing Mane. You know, he looked mm. brilliant. He looked brave. He looked kind of tenacious, quick, physically like decent. Yeah. Looked like he was kind of clued up. And like you say, he says sometimes I feel like he's he's in his own head a bit too much because I feel like he's again for to kind of run out a tired cliche but it seems like to me like he's got all the tools to be a good player you know mm, um, mm. and I, I, he's a player that I, I really do want to see succeed but I don't know it's hard to make a case when you see games like last night and it, it's it's tough though isn't it because he sort of gets thrown in here and there he, he doesn't really seem to get a consistent run of games and he'll get thrown into these kind of nightmare games like the Europa Conference where we get turned over by Mora or the like. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's like this, you know. Like it's the same, his debut, he got thrown in against Liverpool and he had a good game there and now he's been thrown in here against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in a semi-final. It's... Yeah, and I think the problem may lie in that, you know, it, it, or not the problem, but at least a part of the problem may lie in that is that, you know, he, when he walks out onto the pitch, it must be in his head, look, you know, this is a chance that I have to take rather than this is another game of football football, and, and this is what I do for a living, you know. Um, that's got to play a part in it because he just seems to be uh, snatching at opportunities rather than growing into some any sort of, you know, uh, more sort of assured presence on the pitch. But, you know, you can't... I don't think you can hold it against him because it must be a difficult situation for him to be in because he has had a very stop-start year, hasn't he, in that respect? Yeah, he has. Uh, I don't know. I do, I do hope he... He comes good. I've seen, you know, a lot of people have spoken about him maybe being somebody that could benefit from a loan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. potentially. I, I, would, I, I would think that would probably be a really good thing for him. You know, he's, he's send him somewhere in the championship where he's he's not going to be on the back page of the of every tabloid newspaper if he cocks something up every other week. You know, um, and and maybe take the limelight off him a little bit and just allow him to play his game. I, I I'm same as you, like you say, with that. You know the tools in the box and all that. I, you know, he's certainly got the makings of quite a good player. But the problem is, is we don't have the luxury of affording him that time at the moment, do we? No, no, because you know, as we've seen how the season develops as well, pretty much every game is a is a must win. Now it's turned into one of those again, hasn't it? Because oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're knocking on the door of top four. We got West Ham and Arsenal there. You got United behind us. Um, I mean, West Ham might be behind us again now. I can't, I can't keep up at the moment, but. Um, <laughs> It's it's it's. It, I would say it's the it's the toughest four, top four race I've seen in quite some time actually at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, because you know you've got the West Ham are obviously in, in terms of their development as a cohesive unit, they're probably ahead of of those of us that are around them in the respect that they know what they are and they know what they're doing. Woolwich are still sort of undergoing whatever fucking process it is they're undergoing. Um, you know, United have got a, a manager in, in in the same sort of time period as we are, and he's still a bit of an unknown quantity to them. They've got internal problems with their dressing room. They've got a lot of players that are coming to the end of their contracts. You know, are they going through some sort of a rebuild that even if it's not having the same level of acknowledgement as as ours is you know um and so this is it you know is is that it's going to be a bit topsy-turvy and i think it's not going to be a straightforward chase to the end of the season with any of us because i think you know as soon as everybody goes well that's it you know this weekend has shown us who's going to finish in the top four the following weekend it's all going to be different again isn't it so yeah yeah oh, i don't know mate um i mean before we go too much into that stuff because I, I do want to expand on all those kind of especially arsenal and stuff like that i mean back on last night i mean it was it was another very just nothingy performance from son um i mean are you getting sort of worried about him yet because it's been I mean, we've always known he's a streaky player, but even when he's not been great, I don't think I've seen him as probably as consistently ineffective as he's been for the past run of games. I mean, it's probably worth noting he has had COVID, so we don't know what type of effect that's that's having on the lad. But mm. it's he was barely, you know, it's hard to remember he's even on the pitch last night for most of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I want to sort of cut him a bit of slack about that, the front three as a whole, rather than just him. I saw him and Kane, you know, I watched them off the ball a bit and they were covering an awful lot of ground, you know, and, and I'm talking to other people about this during and after the game, you know, they were um, sort of saying the same sort of things, you know, he's he's no good with his back to goal, you know, he's he's this is not his game, he should be you know, trying to run into space and encourage the ball to be played to him and, and play to his strengths and that. But I think as a net result of the, you know, Chelsea effectively choking off the middle third of the pitch, you know, they were all having to sort of come back and try and invent their own chances. And, and I think, you know, he was probably guilty of using whatever reserves of energy he's got or whatever, um, you know for want of a better word whatever application that he's got available for him on the night I think all three of them were just chasing shadows you know they were trying to make spaces that weren't there you know Chelsea were particularly good at close not only closing down tight to the players but they were closing angles for opportunities off so even if mm. the ball came to him with his back to goal he didn't have anybody in his eye you know in his eye line to lay you know, a give and go off to without turning over possession again. And, and I don't want to be an apologist for what was a bad display by them all, but I think it was a result of what they were, how they controlled the pitch from front to back rather than, you know, any kind of worrying development in, in a lack of form. But, you know, I, I, that said, he has been sort of dropping off of late. And um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I you know, You'd have to ask Nathan. I think he'd probably give you a better answer about it than I would. <laughs> I mean, they just—they look—they look knackered as well. To be fair, like especially the front three. Um, yeah. Even Lucas, who seems to have just endless energy, is starting to look a bit tired as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess this just hammers home the fact that we don't really have any decent backup. You know. Well, we don't have any backup at all, do we? No. You know. You know. That's it. I mean, what was out there is what we've got. I mean, Brian Hill came on. He did that nice little thing. He skinned who was it, Pulisic or Aspilicueta? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, One of them. Yeah, but yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah. I mean, have you have you sort of have you enjoyed much of his little kind of his cameos and stuff? Because he seems to be quite trusted by Conte at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking to see, looking forward to seeing more of him because the little snatches that we are seeing are promising, you know, and they are promising in a way that they are they seem to be exactly what we need because they're exactly what we're lacking. Um, you know that that kind of audacity to sort of stand up against a player who is you know nine times out of ten twice the size of him if nothing else um, and sort of say you know Cheerio or, or I'm just going to keep trying this you know rather than um, you know turning and playing sideways and backwards and that and I, you know I think that's it's really really encouraging you know I, I, it would be nice for us to have some more of these games where we don't have massive amounts of pressure on us to <laughs> to give him a 20 minutes instead of 10. Yeah, I mean, and that's I think that's kind of as much as people bemoan things like the, you know, Europa League or the Europa Conference League. That's when we do get the good chance to kind of to blood a lot of players who you maybe like you say you you can't really chuck into a Premier League game straight away, can you? No, no, I mean like you say, I mean especially now we've the new year's gone. Um, you know, it depends whether or not you're going to value things like the FA Cup if you're Conte, because that might afford you that opportunity. We're too deep into the League Cup 
obviously for anything else we've probably got 90 minutes left in that and um but but i don't know you know it, it, where are those games going to come from i mean the, the question about that sort of europa conference is has any more been said about the this legal challenge that we were going to we were we were apparently going to make or is it just been sort of swept under the carpet now i don't know i have no idea i mean i called the funnily enough i called the uh i called the ticket office yesterday just to sort out something with one of my tickets um yeah and the pre-recorded bit before you actually get through to speaking to somebody they still are running on there um uh kind of a whatever it is an announcement i don't know i can't think of a better word but to uh just to to tell people to hold on to your ren tickets because it's you know they'll they'll give you more details in due course kind of thing because yeah, they're yeah. just saying these are still valid tickets so you know right so okay. I, I if unless it's just an old message that they haven't changed because it's the new year and everything like that um I'm not sure, but maybe it's just an indication as well that the, for, as far as the club are concerned, it's it's far from over. And you know, I do a lot of the a lot of the things that people were saying at the time. I do still kind of agree with in that UEFA. I mean, they've got to be careful how kind of firmly they come down on a club like Spurs in this instance, because then you know they've set a precedent now. What are they going to kick Real Madrid out of the Champions League semi final? Because they mm. can't. You can't. You can't have one rule for one another all for somebody else and I think Spurs will be probably hitting that point home um, but one yeah. of the pods I can't remember who it was somebody it might have been Kilpatrick or somebody was saying that uh, Spurs as well might just quite like having this in their back pocket at some point if they need to get something over the line with UEFA or something like that to say well you know we didn't cause a stink on this occasion so yeah. mm. it's a bit conspiratorial yeah. but you know um Antonio Conte after the game, he had a he had a few things to say. Um, don't know if, you, if you've seen much of it, but he, he's 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 essentially said that Spurs are in the middle of a process that they're a long way from teams like Chelsea, um, and that we need a lot of time. He said his actual words were, "Believe me, we need so much time." Um, I mean, does that? I mean, he's also gone on to say that there aren't any quick fixes to this. It's not a case that we're just going to sign some players in January and everything's going to be hunky dory. Um, a man on an eighteen-month contract, though, who is notoriously flaky, um, especially when he's not got the feeling that he's being backed. Do you find that at all concerning? I'm not trying to pearl clutch here. I'm not trying to kind of be a harbinger of doom, but it's sort of I, I don't know. There's there's a what he's saying here doesn't sort of marry with the image of him I have as somebody who is notoriously, uh, you know, like I say, he's quick to, to leave a job. He's not somebody that will stick around and be there for the long haul, for the process, if you like. Um, it, it, I, I found it personally a bit a bit concerning, but it might purely be biased by the fact we just had a bad result against Chelsea. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yeah, I think you have to sort of look at the 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 match that he'd just watched in the stadium that he'd just watched it, you know, and and take all of those comments through that lens because it must have been you know, a bit embarrassing for him to stand in front of his old boss and, and watch that happen to his new team. Um, but, you know, you're right. You know, it, it it is always a concern that he's on this really short contract and that, um, you know, I guess I don't want to... I've always tried to sort of shy away from jumping on this. Well, they've got to back him in the window, you know, um, narrative because... Especially a January window, they're they're notoriously difficult to get big signings over the line in because clubs push harder not to lose important players in the middle of a season where they can't replace them and yada yada yada. But you know, I th- I think the importance of of the business they're about to do on the club's long term future is probably uh, brought into stark contrast by the performance last night. So yeah, it is a bit of a worry. Um, but everything he said is true, you know. I mean, I guess we don't like to hear it, and that's the hard part, is that we are a middle team. We are, you know, along with West Ham, we're probably the top of the middle teams. You know, we can turn over everybody that isn't a Champions League side, but but as soon as we come up against somebody with that extra dimension of quality, then it does show the massive holes within us. And, and he's right, you know, we, we have to show patience. We... You know, you can't just say, right, we're going to... Even if they went, OK, right, here's 200 million quid or however much it is, go and buy X, Y and Z and, and they get all of those targets in, it's still going to take, you know, a long, a longer period of time to create a team out of that than perhaps we might like to think that it's going to. I think we've all got really carried away over the fact that we've had this seven or eight games unbeaten and, you know, we're, you know... Liverpool came to Tottenham and, and didn't make a mockery of us. And I think that kind of made us go, oh, God, you know, something really is happening. Um, and the truth is probably a lot closer to what he's saying. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, I, don't, so I, I think one thing, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a, in a competitive sense between the two of them, but I have seen sort of fairly recently during this run of form, people kind of doing the old... And to think some of you lot wanted Pochettino back type rhetoric. Mm. You know, I don't... I'm I'm very happy with Conte, obviously. Mm. Like, he's, yeah. he's, I think he's a very good manager. I'm not looking back now. I think as much as I did want Pochettino back in summer, I think now it's probably best for all that we move on and everybody, you know, we're with Conte. He's got PSG. He's probably going to go to United. And I think that will probably be that now. Maybe it'll happen some point down the line, whatever. But... I, I do just again think like what we're kind of hearing from Conte now and what we're seeing and the kind of the struggle and how hard like you know he said this several times how hard it is to win in England how hard it is to be competitive in England the competition the level of competition there I, I really do think it should just hammer home what a like what a brilliant job Pochettino did for Tottenham I don't think there's any need to to kind of be derisory about him oh you know had because one of the things I've seen is you know if we had Conte in 16-17 with that squad 
we'd have won it all, but we had Pochettino. But we were only in that position because of Pochettino, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and this isn't like, again, this isn't kind of some like, let's hark back and, and bring him back. I think it's it's more just hammering home the point that he was brilliant and Conte is obviously brilliant, but it's going to be hard. It takes, like we, we saw, you know, you saw how broken all that squad was after the Champions League final and everything fell to pieces. That, that, that was years in the making, all of that, mm. those those title races, those top four finishes, everything, and I think kind of when that when that Champions League final happened in the way it did, I think they all just knew now that's it. Like we can't build forward again from this point. Yeah. How this is now, um, and it should really just sort of hammer home how how hard this. And I think this is this is kind of affecting my how I was saying I'm sort of you know worried about Conte's post match stuff. It's it's not some kind of wobble headed knee jerk thing because he said a thing in a press conference. Just the overall picture of it just concerns me because I, I still almost feel like I can't get too comfortable and too happy having Conte in charge because of this 18-month contract and because of his history, because we know what he's like. He's, he's there to often just deliver kind of short-term glory with a team that needed turning around a bit. You know, a lot is made of he took Chelsea from 10th place to Premier League champions, but let's... Be, them Chelsea being in tenth place is it's a false position, you know. It, it's not mm. a true. It's it's not an accurate representation of somebody turning a club around and no. doing it. And again, and again, I'm not trying to take away from Conte's achievements. I'm just trying to make the point that <laughs> it, it, everything he's saying, it feels like we again need this project. We need this a long term vision of where the club is going to go, how we're going to spend, how we're going to build, and what we want to achieve. Um, and it's, it's it's still just to me it doesn't tally with my own picture of the man, you know. Um, yeah, I mean something that's just sort of you know cropped into my head as you were talking there is that uh, you're sort of describing Conte's um, you know uh, perceived job as being somebody that comes in and sort of delivers some sort of short-term success in in a team that that needs turning round and and that. Um, immediately reminded me of somebody else that's recently departed Lee Shaw's without achieving that particular aim as well um you know and uh, and he didn't leave in a particularly nice way and he was a big name manager and and um and I wonder whether or not that that's uh, we're a little you know that, that that's kind of shaping our mindset as well because you know, you know the, the the bitter pill that we swallowed when Jose signed was that well, you know, he might be an arsehole, he might play terrible football, he might be X, Y, and Z, but he'll probably at least win us a cup. And then he spectacularly failed to even do that. Um, and um, you know, here we are again with somebody that is not a similar personality, but is similarly uh, brash and, in his own words, undiplomatic and, um, you know, doesn't stick around for long and isn't a project manager, you know, isn't somebody that's seen to be capable of building a team out of nothing. And, yeah, you know, I think they're legitimate fears, you know. Um, I'm sorry I'm not doing anything to allay these, you know. <laughs> no, and, and this is the thing, I'm not trying to... You know, it is what it is at the end of the day. I'm just saying in so much as that I'm I'm finding it hard to kind of look forward and picture what Tottenham are going to be. Um because, you know, great, you know, if we if we kind of there's every there's every there's every chance, right? We're still in the fight for the top four. Um yeah. 
that we're going to get Champions League football. We might sign a couple of players this January. We get Champions League football. And then we have a season next year to look forward to. Conte's kind of bought into it. We can maybe get a year extension, two years on his contract, whatever. I don't know. But mm. the the picture can change very quickly, right? Um, yeah. I think that's, that's what I try to kind of keep in the back of my mind at all times. I'm, I'm just saying at this point in time fixtures like this and moments like this, not just Chelsea, a semi-final of a of a cup that, you know, people always say we should be winning. I mean, th- mm. I think this is this this to me is a sort of um is a bit of a myth, this idea that the League Cup is a cup we should win. Like it, 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 in terms of it's often said that we should win this because it's not as prestigious as the FA Cup or you know even yeah. the FA Cup, let alone the Premier League or the Champions League or something like that. So there's this idea that Tottenham should win this cup because it's on a certain tier, but because it's it, on our middle team, our middle team level, yeah, yeah. But it but it neglects the fact that, to be honest, City have taken this cup seriously for. Well, they've won know, four out of the last five, haven't they? Exactly, and yeah. you've got teams like Chelsea who, yeah, people can say they don't take it seriously. They they made a couple of changes, but it's still that wasn't like their. That wasn't their reserved side, you know. It, it was a it was a few changes to a team. That, I mean, it's just it's it's madness, isn't it? It's a team that's been assembled by hundreds, if not billions, of pounds of investment. Mm. You know, um, so there is uh, this idea that Tottenham should win this that we're somehow failures if we don't is is a moot point. Um, but. You know, it would be nice to get it over the line, wouldn't it? Um, Fucking wouldn't it just? <laughs> I mean, do, are you are you hopeful about the second leg? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a completely different game in the second leg by virtue of the fact that, you know, we are looking possibly at having a different start in eleven to a certain degree. Hopefully Dyer comes back, you know, he doesn't end up with a, a crippling dose of COVID that keeps him out. Romero's training again, so you know you, you we might, although whether you know the, the the sense of bringing him back into a game like this after such a long absence is debatable. I don't know, but I think it'll be a very different game. I think they're going to come at it with a with a bit less intensity because they're already two nil up. Obviously, it's at Tottenham and not at Chelsea. Um, you know, we we traditionally do a lot better against them at home. Or, you know, if we are going to do better against them, it's at home and not away. I don't know. I think I think if we'd have scored last night, I would be confident that we could, confident that we could turn them over. I think I'm confident that we're going to give them a better game um, and that we might even, might even beat them at home. But I don't know if, we, if we've got enough to beat them by the two clear goals or, the, you know, the, the, the score three to any of their scoring and that's going to get us through I don't know it's it seems too much of a big ask from this point but I'm you know you know me Jack I'm an optimist I, I, I like to think it's possible yeah I mean and what's the point of not you know what's the point in going otherwise what's yeah. the point in paying in, in in any attention I mean this is a thing you know people have, have sometimes criticised me for that for being a bit blinkered and not being a bit of a realist but I think fucking you know I go to work to be a realist I don't go to football to be a realist <laughs> I mean I, I think something that's just sort of come into my head there is as well as thinking about it, if we if we flip this the other way right say we won at Stamford Bridge last night somehow we won 1-0 or 2-1 something like that we'd all mm. be celebrating that we've won at Stamford Bridge they Either you know they beat us in the return leg at White Hart Lane, and then we lose in the Premier League. Things mm. suddenly look 
a lot more fucking miserable, don't they? You know, yeah. so it, it, I think we need to sort of turn that logic the other way. I mean, we could be looking, <laughs> we could be staring down the barrel of three defeats to Chelsea to start the year off, which is, I don't think is be, <laughs> be, on, yeah. the, be on the realms of reality. Like it, it's it's quite worrying. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe it's best that we didn't, you know, blow our beans too soon to uh, to use a crude expression and, you know, we can we can maybe even if we draw we draw at the lane still means we go out. But you know if we if we if we get something in the Premier League in the fixture afterwards because whatever they're just bored of beating Tottenham or they're kind of taking their that intensity away from it a bit. You know maybe maybe we might have the last laugh in that because I think I think on on balance and I. I you know, I'm just being honest. I hate to be this sort of person that devalues cups and stuff, but I think at this point in time, I'd probably take going out of the League Cup and winning in the Premier League over them. Um, mm. I mean, I know it's not the most popular thing to say, but I, I'm also the caveat to this is I'm also absolutely terrified of the prospect of facing Arsenal in a cup final because, in my opinion, they're they're abs- just they're going to beat Liverpool. I don't know why. I've just I've just got this feeling that they're going to do it. And I, I there's just to me there's there's not a single chance that we beat Arsenal in a cup final. Um, God, I'm being a right negative cunt today, aren't I? Yeah, do you know? You see, I'm the other way around. I think we could. I, I think if we get to a cup final and we're playing Arsenal, we we beat them. I do. I do. I don't know. Uh, but then I'm not paying quite so close attention to them. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe maybe that's. Maybe that's where that comes from, but um, yeah, you know, you're right. I think you know, if we if we if we take any points off them in the Premier League tie, tie, then that is the more important possibly going forwards because you know we want to avoid a situation where we're in this Conference League thing next year. So you know, points win prizes. That that that's that's got to take precedence. But I think you know, like you say, it, it's interesting you say about. You know, us not blowing our beans too soon. Perhaps they will have, because I don't see them being able to maintain any sort of intensity over another 180 minutes against us. No, it, yeah, it, it is interesting, is it? Because they were, it really felt like they had a point to prove last night. Um, yeah, and it's a, it is a, you know, going that close to us and staying that close to us for 90 minutes as they did, you know, and they were very effective at it. They corralled us into, you know, the, the, the pitch was broken up into sort of quadrants, if you will, these sort of elongated rectangles from each corner. And they corralled our play into these quadrants that allowed them to, to then control all of the other areas of the pitch, you know, apart from in the, maybe the last 10 or 15 minutes where we started to see, you know, big cross field passes to try and switch the play over. But they, what they did is they stuck so close to us and, and cut the options off. And that's a really high-risk strategy to to play for a, for a very long period of time. And, you know, let's give ourselves a little bit of credit. It didn't happen last night, but, you know, we've got, let's say, another 180 minutes to go in the next fortnight against them. At some point, that is going to come unstuck. And, you know, provided that it comes unstuck and it, and it you know... It doesn't go to sort of Lucas Moura is going to blow it into Rose Z or, or or what have you, and it, you know the chances that come from it get put away. Then even in their dominance last night, you know you could see in in little snatches that when we were able to turn the ball over, we could push back against it. And I don't think that they're going to be able to cut us off completely 
for another two games like that. It's too high risk. It requires too much energy. And, you know, I don't watch them all the time because, you know, frankly, why would you? But I don't believe that that's their default game, is it? No, and I, I think the, the thing that you touched on there that is interesting, and I think is, there's, a, there's a wider point about this because... Like we were talking about there with Tottenham in the League Cup and everything like that. I mean, it's it's very easy to kind of always... The narrative is always going to be Tottenham are bottle jobs, Tottenham have fucked it up again, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, it, it's harder to make this case against Chelsea because, you know, they are that they are that annoying team that some seasons they can just take to things and they can just be imperious and they can look terrifying, you know? Like they can... I mean, the the Champions League last year it was it was a bit weird. I, I know they won a second one, and we wouldn't be knocking it if if we'd have done it. But it it just felt like a, a weird tournament. Half of it behind closed doors, it, mm. you know. Um, so it was whatever they they've got it. It's in their history. But to me, it felt like a bit of a, a an aberrative achievement. It was a bit. It was a bit. It was strange. But I think when you you know yeah they've won you know they've won doubles and they've won the Champions League the you know the Drogba one um, but there's still something about them when you kind of you think about the money they've spent and the infrastructure they've built the fact that they still they still have this soft underside to them they do this this ability to yo-yo in the way that they do um, mm. I mean I never look at them as like when you look at kind of what Guardiola's assembled at City um and I mean, I know there is always this kind of, and I'm I'm guilty of it myself. But there is always this kind of uh, temptation to devalue what Guardiola does with City because of the money spent and you know the infrastructure of the club. And I think that's valid to a point. Um, but then I also look at teams like Chelsea. I look at PSG, um, and I just sort of think like you know. I mean, PSG is a sort of weird example because you know City haven't won the Champions League either. But uh, I just think Chelsea, like there, there, there is, they've still got that, they've still got that capacity in them to to bottle it. You know, yeah. and we've we've seen it ourselves. You know, we we turn them over. I think it was three one in the end, isn't it, at, at Wembley when Sonny ran half the pitch and sort of banged one in, and yeah, they can lose their asses in that way. So. You know, we've seen it for for the past few weeks in the Premier League. You know, they've well, this been... is it. They they they'd only won once in the last five in the league, hadn't they? And that that I think gave me a little bit of false optimism going into last night because I thought, well, you know, they're in a terrible run of form. Um, you know, like you say, they played last night like it was a cup final. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird they're, thing, mate. They're. I mean, they are a funny team, and 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 I think. <laughs> I, one thing I will say because you've just you, you brought him to mind by mentioning his name um, is that you look at Chelsea break down on an individual level uh, as much as they do as a, a breaking down in any sort of team co- uh, cohesion sense you look at last night was as much the story of how bad their centre forward was how bad their, their how profligate their, their attacking line was with all of the chances if we'd have played Drogba's Chelsea last night, we'd have been, we'd have lost five or six nil. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I mean, there's no two ways about it. You know, that's the and and I think that, in as much as anything, is an indication of their, um, I don't know, their sh- not shakiness because ultimately they did win two nil, but we gave them both of their goals. We 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 lost two nil. They didn't beat us two nil. They utterly dominated us from the front to the back of the pitch. 
But arguably, if Eric Dyer plays instead of Jaffet Tanganga, then you know we don't lose that game two 0 because both of those mistakes don't get made. Yeah, and I, mean, I think what you touched on there is 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 very true, really. In in so much as they basically benefited from two mistakes on our part. Um, yeah. Now yeah. batter does. Yeah. We, no, no. We're gonna it. fucking I mean, do it, mate. Actually, you've turned me around now. <laughs> this is it. Just welcome to my world where I sit there and I think, well, you know. We, we beat ourselves last night. We beat ourselves. You know, you're right. We were dominated from, from, from front to back on the pitch. The midfield was completely absent. I mean, we make a, a lot about how, you know, um, uh, Nuno sent us out at Arsenal in September or whenever it was without an actual midfield, you know. Well, the same sort of thing happened by accident last night. Um, you know, because we didn't have any presence in the centre of that pitch, and they just they they rolled us over all the way up the pitch and all the way down the pitch whenever they wanted to. And there are two things that stick out for me: is that a they didn't always want to. I mean, I've got I made about five pages of notes last night because I know I'm going to have to talk about this game again next Monday, and it'll have gone from memory by then. But each, you know, you look through the notes that I made during the time, and you can see, look, you know, you know, this 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 press isn't particularly disciplined. You know that there are gaps opening up in half an hour, and you know here, you know, although I did put they should have been three 0 up by fifteen minutes in, but there we are. Um, <laughs> you know, is is that is that we did it to ourselves as much as they did it to us? Because although they were able to turn it on and they were able to make us look really bad and really really impotent going forward. Um, you know, we we gave them both of the goals that they bring to Tottenham for the second leg. We gave them both of them. <sighs> you know, and I don't know. I think you can take some sort of consolation from that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Um, it's but how many how many times, mate? How many times yeah. do you have to see? We've seen that film last night so many times. Oh, fucking haven't we just? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the old um, VHS that's that's worn out. That's got all the tracking lines all over it and shit now, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, oh, fuck's sake. Um, that reference is probably going to be lost on half the audience now, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. It's only a matter of time before they become some sort of retro chic as well, I suppose. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. If, they're not all, if they've not all been fashioned into like... Elaborate necklaces or whatever. Or, or lamps, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or food's been served on them in uh, trendy restaurants, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favourite of my favourite of that genre is workshop equipment as table lamps because <laughs> you know frequently I think, oh, I need a new bench vice or I need a new pillar drill or something. And you go on eBay and put pillar drill in, and you think, oh, that's quite a nice one. Before you realise that it's got a sixty watt bulb sticking out the top of it now. You know. Have you ever? I, t- I tell you what, mate. Talking about old like. Tools and stuff. Have you ever watched? Um, I've, I've fallen down this trap like lately of this whole you know, ASMR thing on YouTube of watching oh, yeah. like old tool restorations and stuff like that, where people will find like these old like like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, like an old vice or something like that that's all rusted and covered in crap, and they literally restore them to being as like good as new condition. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you ever seen any of this though? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because. I'm sort of like the opposite end of it where I'll find the beautiful 1920s vice and think, 
fuck it, I just need a vice that works, so I'll leave it in a bucket of oil for a month and yeah. then just bolt it to the desk and just use it in the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like the antithesis of that whole movement, you know. It's like, I don't bother cleaning anything, I just make it fucking work. But yeah, I, I, I look at these things and think, oh man, I wish I had the time to do this because that would be such a nice thing to do. See, because yeah. this is, cause I, well, like, whenever I see this, I think, I reckon that's, that's something I could see Rich doing. Like, oh yeah, just kind of, yeah. You know. yeah. If I make it to retirement age, I will still be listening to Tottenham on medium wave radio, but I will be on my in my workshop taking vices apart and polishing them. Yeah, you can fucking guarantee it. Be more fun than listening to Tottenham, probably. Anyway, mate. So, well, it'll you know. probably be the first time in my life where I actually make any money as well. I'll probably stumble across something that's really valuable. You know, you think why didn't I do this forty years ago when I had a mortgage to pay? <laughs> Oh mate, um, yeah, so yeah. we've gone on to yeah all that. So I don't really know what to say about about Tottenham anymore, really, mate. Um, because you know we've got we've got Morecambe on the weekend. Um, yeah. Who are you, you know what are we going to be playing? Who are we going to be playing in that? Is is Del Boy Del Boy f- fit to play? Yeah, he was on the bench last night. Um, I mean, I don't know if he doesn't. You'd think it's it's. Well, I was going to say you'd think it's curtains for him if he doesn't play, but then again, if he plays, he's cup tied, which means that somebody else might not want to buy him for a, you know, if he is in the shop window, as people are saying. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think um, Scarlett will get a run out, won't he? Um, oh, that'd be nice. It'd be good to see yeah. him back in back in the fold. Um, it'd be good to see he'll get like a, a proper game as well. Um, yeah, I think, and I think you know the chances are that this is probably the opportunity where. He's got to. I would be really surprised if if we don't make mass changes. You know, I will see it as him treating the players like they've been given detention for failing to play on. Well, you didn't bother playing on Wednesday, so you can all play on Sunday as well. I really hope <laughs> he doesn't play Kane. But yeah, you know, I, I, he's just he looks he looks like he's blown out his ass quite a bit at the moment. Um, he, he does. He does. I mean. He's, and to be fair to him, you know, he's he's played what, like fucking seven games in a row now across this festive period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he remains undroppable, doesn't he? That's the thing with him. And I think that's a one really important piece of business that has to be attended to this month, isn't it? Surely, um, surely. You know, even even if even if we just kind of get some duffer in, do you know what I mean? Just just a body, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and even if it's even if it's, I mean, probably going to be a loan, isn't it? You're not going to buy a top class striker in January, are you? I don't think. No, I mean, not while we've been kind of tenuously linked with that Vlajevic, and who's probably out of our price range now anyway, because I think the big fish are all after him now. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to know, isn't it, mate? You know, the, well, it is. I mean, the difficult... Danny Ings getting on at Villa? Is he no? I don't know. I mean, I always, I always wanted him to come to Spurs as a backup, you know, yeah. a long time ago, you know. Um, and I think we were actually in for him when he originally went to Liverpool, weren't we? Yeah, um, he's a and, he's a scouse lad, though, isn't he? So yeah, just... he is. And of course, he went up there and they did to him what they did to Robbie Keane. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a you know cautionary tale for anybody that plays up front. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, going back to Sunday, I've got no expectations of who's going to be playing. I will take my boots just in case they're short <laughs> of a short of a left-sided middle-aged man. Um, you know. How, was... how do you think you'd actually do, mate? If you got if, <laughs> if Conte was when... just like you, you, you get got up, you out yeah. on the pitch. What, do you remember when Gascoigne came on during that testimonial, and he sort of came on and then turned around and went off again? Yeah. <laughs> 
That would be me. The, the, only only I wouldn't look as good in the kit. <laughs> the actual thought of it, mate, like fills me with like so much anxiety. I, I almost want to be physically sick. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. thought of, of me squeezing like a looking like a Cadbury's cream egg squeezing into one of those like muscle yeah. fit athletic t shirts. Because oh, you know how geez. they've got the, the athletic fit and the stadium fit. I love how they call it stadium, stadium fit. fit. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Burger shaped. Exactly. Yeah. Drape over a kind of a a, a multi pie stomach. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's well, uh, where we live. We we have there's there's quite a strong sort of road cycling um, thing round by us. You know, so our village is beset by middle aged men in lycra. What do they call them mammals. Mammals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, every well, I mean, every fucking day at the moment, not just on a Sunday. But we've got cafes dedicated to the art of looking like a twat on a racing bike, <laughs> and. Um, and so, and, and I always anything any you know attempt at sort of squeezing me into a, into an actual football kit might make me look like one of those lads on them bikes, you know. <laughs> Don't mate, the, the other thing about that because like it's, it's it's similar sort of in my area now. There's like you know, a big sort of like you say road biking community, everything, and whatever. I mean, let them crack on, do whatever. I'm yeah. not going to get into the whole like bloody cyclist yeah. shit. But to me, it's it's when they're, when they're sat in cafes and stuff. It's like I can, I can mate, I can, I can. I can see your knob. Like I can I actually, I can, yeah. actually yeah. I can so yeah. clearly define. I can even see like the contours and everything. Like, just can you not like just wrap a towel around your midriff yeah, or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is it. I can tell what religion you are. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to have a croissant and an espresso. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm like, glad I didn't order a sausage bap now that you yeah. lot have all walked in. You know. But um, I'll have a chipolata, please. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I, you know, when when the weather's nice, you know, I, I sort of do a bit of running on a Saturday morning. And um, and in in the winter when it's a bit chilly, you know, and you put the sort of lay the thermal layers on, I always make sure I put a nice loose pair of running shorts over the top and all that because you just think, no fucking nobody wants to see that. You know, there might be children there or something. You know. Oh dear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you what. I, let's we'll move on from uh, from <laughs> cyclist penises to uh, yeah. to Tangi and Dombele. Um, uh, yeah. This, this is one thing I wanted to talk about. So, because it, it's so the thing. I'm not. I'm not a Tangi apologist. Like I, I know this is this is one of this is probably after Lamella. Now this is the biggest Tottenham culture war right now. The the Ndombele thing and. I think I've always pretty much maintained like he frustrates me and he mainly frustrates me because he's obviously so fucking good, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I completely take on board and I'm probably more with the school of thought now that like, come on, this is, if you include Mason, it's four managers on the bounce now that mm. have not taken to him immediately. Um, I mean, maybe Potch, you can't lump in with that so much because Potch was always skeptical of any new player he signed so but he did start he did start under Pochettino didn't he and then I think he picked up an injury that ruled him out for the last two months of his of his reign didn't he because didn't he score yeah. against Villa in the in, he, in the he did yeah in his game. debut yeah it was a bit of a, yeah. it was a bit of a cracker as well bit of a worldie yeah yeah um yeah I mean but I thought he looked busy again when he came on last night you know he looked yeah. he looked like he was you know. He did look good. I mean, you know, and I've sort of said this, you know, if people say, well, he's on his way out, he's on his way out, he's clearly on his way out, we need to get rid of him, it's got to get gone, Conte doesn't rate him, and then 2-0 down in a cup semi-final away from home, he brings him on with, what was it, with 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, something like that, um, and you think, 
oh okay well maybe reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated maybe it is just this you know pe people have drawn the con uh, the comparison with um when he signed Ericsson when he was uh, inter and it took him a long time to 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 bring a player like that into his industrious team and say well maybe it's just the same thing it's just the same phenomenon because clearly he is giving him opportunities at the Chelsea game and the Liverpool game he played in recently as well the two biggest games that we've played under his tenure so far and Dombele has been on the pitch. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very good point you make there about Ericsson because I remember at the time reading about kind of Ericsson's struggles and everything, and people kind of talking about like, oh, you know, he's 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 finally uh, he's finally won Conte over and all this type of thing. But the the counter argument to that always seemed to be that because such is Conte's method, he's such a uh, pragmatist and he has such a kind of, I, I guess, an orthodox approach to how he wants a game to look. He he prefers to establish that solid base that solid foundation before he starts adding on these kind of these players that he can't fully get a grasp on that he can't entirely tell what to do because they are these maestros you know they are mm. creative they they do stuff out of the ordinary out of the, the unexpected um but he doesn't want to kind of build a team around that he wants to build that firm foundation first before he starts adding these players in and, and I agree with you like like you say bring him on like last night to me said a big thing it, it, and worryingly what well, I, I mean worryingly for him um that he didn't bring on delhi you know well the... it's funny enough i i was sort of talking on the on the whatsapp during the game and immediately prior to him bringing in dombley on i said look you know i think switch to a front two put delhi you know bring delhi on and that might encourage Kane to push further up the pitch and stop him coming into the centre circle to pick the ball up, we might get some shots on target. And that was my thinking, you know, put him in as, as in that sort of number 10 role, the one that he, you know, the only one way that he actually knows how to play football. Um, and then, of course, it didn't. And I was I was shocked when I saw him come on. I thought, fucking hell, you know, of all the games to bring him on, this, wasn't, this wouldn't have been the one I would have said. Um, but um, I mean, you know, I, to, to sort of derail this conversation slightly because you mentioned his name a minute ago, Eric Lamella, isn't it? Eh? Eric, Eric Lamella. He'd have had a game last night, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd have, he, he'd have fucking loved that, wouldn't he? Unless he was injured, which well, unless he was injured, <laughs> he is yeah. now already it for might, Sevilla. You know, I mean, it might have been the last game that he played for the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, we sort of say what we were lacking was somebody to stand toe to toe and not be physically bullied by their close pressing well that's the sort of player that that you know whether it's Lamella or whether it's somebody that is him that's actually made out of meat and bones and not glass um, you know that's that that was what was really missing last night wasn't it that sort of attitude yeah it's you just want that because like you say you want to you don't want to sort of go down that <laughs> the route of just talking about passion and fist oh, yeah, pumping yeah. and yeah, getting yeah. stuck in wallop and all that but sometimes you need a bit of that and I, I think to kind of like to again to, to home back to him all roads lead to Dyer Dyer's yeah. I think I find him the perfect balance of that he's kind of I think he's followed well in the footsteps because he's probably had tutored you know he's he's been tutored by the likes of Alderweire Eldon for Tonkin who to me work perfectly on that balance of being proper football men passion merchants and accomplished, sophisticated footballers, you know, yeah, like yeah. they, they, they just they they rode that line so well. And I think when you look at most of the teams that are are brilliant, are successful, 
they all, they all have a blend of that. Like, look look at Liverpool. The likes are like Milner and Henderson. I would say, again, those are two kind of like, they're passionate, English, yeah. fist bumping, come on, get the crowd going, lads. But they're also very accomplished footballers. Um, yeah. They just, they just, they toe the line very well. Um, and I think maybe we got that in Skip. Maybe, you know, as he gets older, gets a bit more sure of himself. Um, well, we've given him an awful lot of responsibility this season, haven't we? I mean, he obviously did very well at Norwich last year on his loan. Um, and he's obviously impressed everybody, you know, since he's come back, including Nuno before Conte. Um, and and, and he's, he is rightly being praised to the hilt for for most of his performances, but he's still a very, very young man to be given that responsibility, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I, I am liking him though. I am I am liking seeing his, his progression and I really think there's a very good player in there. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and it, I, mean, I think it's, it's good though that Winks is kind of having his renaissance now because I think, like you say, no, it takes a bit of that pressure off of Skip because they're, they're kind of interchangeable. I'd quite like to see him play together actually, to be honest, but... Um, it doesn't seem to be in Conte's thinking at the moment. Um, no, but I mean, perhaps that will change. I mean, Conte's obviously watching them all a lot more closely than we are. He can't be blind to the fact that Hoiberg Hue- is having a bit of a shocker on occasion. Um, you know, I mean, he has been very useful and I know he gets a lot of unjust criticism because he does a very ugly job and he does do it very well for the most part but um, he's a player that's played an awful lot of football for he the is. last few yeah. years hasn't he and perhaps he really needs a bloody break I don't know yeah he could do um, it's yeah I don't know I I do resist it I, I don't know it's you know football's an emotional football's an emotional game I think people take stuff on Twitter a bit too seriously sometimes oh you know? yeah absolutely um, yeah, people yeah. tweet shit in the heat of the moment it's, it's, it's an emotional game you know we're emotional beings for the most part human beings you know we we just say stupid shit when we're frustrated or annoyed or whatever and yeah. so you know when people are out there being like oh you know whoever is the worst player to ever pull on a shirt for exactly you know half the time the the reality is that I'm just annoyed with how he's playing and I do think there's a there's a decent enough player there in Hoybier. I mean, well, well, one tweet last night though that did that did get me that is true. It's just that when you <laughs> when you watch Hoybier, sometimes he looks like a <laughs> a man that's running in a dream. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> just like his turning circle and just the way he moves about sometimes is just it seems bizarre. But um, yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's the what's the I mean. Maybe we bring in someone like Frank Kessie. I don't think they're particularly similar players. I think Kessie's a bit more of an adventurous kind of box-to-box player than yeah. A sort well, of I mean, a... we we certainly need that adventure, don't we? I mean, that's possibly we've got quite good at doing the really boring stuff and breaking up play and not being wide open at the back. And now we do need that kind of extra dimension. Um, I I do think maybe one of the big things is I want to see us bring a few more players in. I think at the moment, like. Spurs Twitter seems to be convincing itself that we have to sell loads of players, and I think at the moment, like, why? Let's just let's just keep our options. Well, Do you I mean, mean I, we haven't got that many players as it is. Like, well, this you know. is this is it for every for every hole we create, you need to fill it, don't you? And I mean, we're not very good at you know we've got eleven players that can play Premier League standard football week out week in week out, maybe fourteen perhaps. Everybody else is a little bit peripheral, and if we're going to sell everybody's whipping boy, 
come the you know transfer window, we're going to be very very light going into the the dangerous end of the season, aren't we? Exactly. I've even I've even got one of my mates who's he's just saying we just got Son's in decline. We've got to sell him now, cash in now while we can still get 80, 90 million. I'm like, I mean, there's maybe some thought to that, but at the same time. It's well, fucking no. ridiculous. I like Son, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, it's nicer. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes, one of the things I think, one of the main things that we all lose sight of, and we all lose sight of this with football, is it's about making you happy. It's about having some familiarity. It's about being associated with something and just enjoying it, even if it's not the fucking best thing in the world. Like, we all support fucking Tottenham, for fuck's sake. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not supporting Tottenham because they're the team that wins everything all the time. And it's yeah. quite funny now seeing Man United fans, a lot of the plastic ones, who obviously supported Man United because all they do is win shit. Not winning anything anymore. It's, it's glorious. It's quite fantastic, actually. I mean, I do, yeah. I do owe them a debt of gratitude for stopping Arsenal dominating in the noughties. But still, you know, seeing them now, they've, they've won enough to... to, to to last several lifetimes, you know. Let, let everyone else have a chance now, even if it is all oil money or whatever. But at the end of the day, like we we all we're all drawn to this because we we love it. We love something about it, and just I just like having someone like Son in our team. You know, he's a lovely bloke. Mm. That little video of him waving to the little girl and how happy it made her. And I know people will be like, oh, oh that doesn't matter because he didn't score against Chelsea. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Stop policing how everyone else processes oh, everybody joy and fun. And, you know, like... Yeah, you know, this is entirely it. And, and on a purely practical level, what has he scored? He, I think he scored 12 goals this season in, you know, league and cups. If you're going to sell him, where are those 12 goals going to come from? I mean, has you know, have you identified who you're going to bring in to fill that gap? No. You know? Some, <laughs> what, we're going to take a punt on... Someone who Paratici Par- might be able to get from Juventus or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Fuck off, it's Son. Son, he's, he's one of the best players in the fucking world. Like, well, just be happy it, we know. got him. This is it. You know, and then he's sort of widely commented at the moment that he is having a bit of a rough spell and he's not playing as well as he, he could be and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, he's still scoring goals. And, and you know, that has got to be... It, that's number one job for a forward, isn't it? Exactly. You know, that's, you had that's one job and he's you doing had it. one job yeah. and he's doing it. Yeah, exactly. so 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 the rest is just noise. It's just noise. It's got to be. And I mean, if you think about it, if we if yeah we cashed in on him, let's say in the summer they went right, we're not going to sell Kane, but you know, Sonny's worth eighty million quid. Say, you know, let's get rid of him now and we'll get a bit more lovely money in the in the bank account. Fucking hell! I mean, we'd be in the bottom six, wouldn't we? <laughs> this you know on, yeah. on on the form that the rest of the players have had. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. that's that's been a whirlwind, Rich. That's been, yeah. it's been good. It's been good. Fashion, I'm feeling, you know, it's it, it, a little catharsis, uh, Jack. Exactly, catharsis. A little, a little chat with a Dalai farmer, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward again now, mate. So, uh, I think, um, you know, it's it's not gloomy. It's just the f- it's the first time we've lost a game of football since. Mura? Yeah, Mura. I mean, fucking hell. And I think that, you know, we've just begun to believe our own hype a little bit. And I think, you know, reality check. It's all right. The world isn't ending. Not This tie isn't even over, you know?
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.